All right, let's talk uh, the lighthouse, uh, and let's let's get into it, shall we? <laughs> um, that was interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. All right, so, and I still might be right about this, so you, you're gonna have to let me know. But uh, well, it's ambiguous. So I really feel like they were the same people the entire time. That is definitely. Uh... Something that's hinted at, but is never explicitly said. Yeah, it's never shown. Like I expected, like a reveal. Same name, but the same name. yeah, and then there's uh, times when like he's holding, like he's he's holding onto the pipe. Exactly, that's like, what I was gonna say. Was that like, very first scene when they're drinking, like the yeah. first time they drink together, they switch the cigarette and the pipe. Like, exactly. I think that's another insinuation that they're both the same person, especially the name thing. When they introduce the name thing, like when mm -hmm. the first time we're, uh, you know the. <laughs> older Thomas that gets killed, Willem Dafoe. When he reveals his name the first time, he's completely, you can't see him. He's sitting in front of the lens, but mm -hmm. he's completely blacked out in darkness, and you only see the real Thomas. Mm -hmm. Or real Tom. Uh, so, yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting. The the whole uh, lighthouse thing, I, I kind of don't get a little bit. I can bit. help probably uh, put some shed some light on that problem yeah go for it because like i was kind of like lost a little bit because i was like i mean i thought it was an interesting idea and there's like a lot of uh ambiguity in that like the whole idea but like i still don't know if i understand the whole the mermaid and the lighthouse thing like so basically to put it very basically is that uh you know robert pattinson tom he had killed somebody when he was mm -hmm. younger. Mm -hmm. And basically, like, you can view this whole lighthouse and island as a purgatory or hell, mm -hmm. pretty much. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a lot of mythology uh, kind of linked to this. Uh, the very last shot is almost like a direct reference to Prometheus, mm -hmm. where Prometheus was a man who went and stole fire to give it to man and was punished, where every day uh, uh, an eagle would come and peck out his liver. So almost like a direct reference, and also, um, I think the older keeper Tom, the I'm just gonna say Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. them whole time the name name. Uh, Willem Dafoe says uh, that Saint Elmo lit the uh, when he was talking about his last um, wiki that was with him. He said that he thought that Saint Elmo had lit the fire inside the lighthouse, and Saint Elmo is the saint of the sea. Oh, okay. So See, I was like, kind of getting almost, that. He, he, like he whole... kind of literally refers to it as, like, fire. Mm -hmm. But I, the way I kind of look at it is that it's hard. To, I think it's hard to say whether Will Dafoe is actually there or not, or just a complete figment. I think he's a complete figment. Like, but I you can all, I, he, what the, the important part about it is that he's passing judgment. You know, he the is. entire time he is writing in his book, he's sitting on this tower looking mm -hmm. down at, at Robert Pattinson. Like, he's basically, like, when I first saw this movie, I thought it was, like, kind of very literal, where I was like, oh, he's God. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think it's really that straightforward. I think he's kind of omniscient like a God, but he doesn't have power like a God, you know? He so could he's be just, seen like, this as, like, like, a, like, an internal conflict of him, like, you who's know, a, like... St. Peter, who's at, like, the gates of heaven, like, in Christianity... Mm -hmm. I kind of view him as that, like, as, like, oh, okay. but also, I think when I was watching it this time, that it's kind of, like, maybe this is, like, the, the, the reason of Tom's mind, like, the split into two paths, where, you know, there's Tom, Robert, and Pattinson, where he's constantly seduced by violence, sexuality, uh, control, mm. 
the entire movie, he's haunted by these sins, pretty much. And I kind of view Willem Dafoe's character as, like, the reasonable, like, half of his mind, basically. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, oh, you should be doing this. Go do this. Yeah, like, the work hard and, you know, live So it's, like, two parts of the same mind, like, fighting each other. Even with, like, the alcohol. Like, at first, he doesn't want to... Even, like, the the good side of him is like, hey, you can drink. I I say you can. Like, you're not supposed to, technically, but I'm letting you. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's almost like this kind of self-conscious thing. Like, oh, like, I can have a drink. That's not that bad. But, you know, when it comes to murder, you know, obviously the moral part of your mind's like, hey, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, so I think he's basically just, uh, he's just there to judge and, and kind of determine whether he's worthy to see the light or not, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's like for, a, you know, there's lots of small details that I love, like the seagull. Um, I don't know if you noticed. Um, it had an eye missing. Which one? And the one he, he killed, or the one that was the one he killed? In... Okay. Yeah, the one he killed has an eye missing, and then when he pulls that lobster basket out of the sea, and the heads that that's inside of it, that was Winslow, has an mm-hmm. eye missing. Mm-hmm. So basically, him killing the seagull was like him killing Winslow. Mm-hmm. That set this whole. I thought know, I like. I kind of saw that, that, like this whole idea yeah. of like that. No, I, I mean... Also, I like, you know, what, like at the very end of there, where he's going through the book, and he's like, oh, look at all these things you wrote about me. All the things you mm-hmm. wrote about him were true. Mm-hmm. No, no Everything exactly. in there was true. Yeah, like, it, so, it's very, you know, very ambiguous, but it's I think it's very safe to say that it's basically, like, this personal hell or this judgment for Tom mm-hmm. uh, because he is murdered. And I think it's more of a subconscious thing because he can't even deal with the fact that he did it. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt himself. about it. Yeah. That he even like when the, uh, Willem Dafoe says to Robert Frank, he's like, you're lying to yourself. You, he's like, I you're an open book, but you don't even know. Mm-hmm. So it's very, uh, well, there's like that Winslow. whole thing. I don't know if you like caught the... it. There's a time where Robert Pattinson was really drunk and he was talking about how Winslow used to boss him around. That's why I took his name. Yeah. You know, it's because that's the guy he killed is, uh, but uh, what other things can I talk about? I can talk about a lot of technical stuff also. Mm-hmm. Why is it shot in um, like the what's that? Is that like four by three resolution or whatever? No, it's some no, Fucking not square. exactly square. So it's some weird aspect uh. ratio. But the reason it's shot like that, which I love, because the, the the I like to at least for cinematography, I'd like to mm-hmm. base future projects of mine around this movie because it uses the aspect ratio for confinement. People are confined. Oh, like, is that why? Small they're doing that? Yeah, that's why they picked it. I gotta say, I love exactly. that. That like this whole. I'm a big advocate for like low, like, um, like just low location movies like this because like if you look at the amount of locations, they're like totally just on this island. Like, uh, well, okay, there's not really shots like outside of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. But the thing is that they built an entire lighthouse on that island for this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean. Sure. <laughs> I didn't say it was low budget. <laughs> I just yeah. felt like there's not like a lot it's, of locations. It's, it's like a, you could look at it as like a, a bottle episode of like a TV show where it all takes place in the same mm-hmm. spot or like a bottle. And I like yeah. I like things like that, especially when they're going for this like omniscient, like confined movie play style where like, you know, because when you're when you have like something like this, where like they're moving from location to location, it takes away from the idea that like confinement is like a fear that like a lot of people actually do have is this idea of being in like a closed spot like that. So like by creating that, you're actually creating like suspense quite easily just by doing that in my personal opinion. 
Um, but no, I love that, and I love the fact that it's like shot and like on the film with the black and white too, because like, dude, like yes, the gray I and, go, I have and like the black and white up here. just does yeah, it does that. numbers on making again just setting that tone, the suspenseful like, like I was pretty much for the most part like sure there was dialogue and stuff like that that pulled you away occasionally, but for the most part you never knew what was going to happen and it created like a lot of suspense. Like there was a lot of times where like, I wouldn't say I was like on the edge of my seat, like in fear or something, but like I was on the edge of my seat in terms of like, what are they going to do next? Like what is happening? You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that, like the whole tonality of that is, is brought forth by, I mean, not only just like the extreme, you know, like acting and the story and all that, but also just, the additions of the black and white with the film grain with the aspect ratio like i feel like all of that just combines to really sell you on this like suspenseful like movie and i think it does a really good job at that yeah see like the thing about using a square aspect ratio is that a lot of times it's done without a purpose mm -hmm. i can say from a, a film student perspective i've seen so many times where it's like we're gonna shoot this movie you know make it you know four by three why not and i'm like why you know there should be a reason you know mm -hmm. uh like uh this movie does it well and another movie i just rewatched recently called mommy also has it's, it's shot like a almost like a vertical cell phone footage it's like a vertical aspect ratio but it's very on purpose for that again that confinement like the world is closed off to this character so it's used in a very purposeful way so mm -hmm. when it's used like that i love it like but mm -hmm. you know a lot of people are going to be like oh just slap it on like who cares make no. it square um do you know technically why they went for the black and white as well uh and did yes, it on for, film? for atmosphere and okay also for they were talking about they didn't do it digitally and just desat like you know make it black and white digitally through mm -hmm. uh you know post-processing they wanted to do it on actual film because of the film latitude for basically film latitude is like dynamic range mm -hmm. for film so uh, i did notice can, that can, actually like if you look how dark the like yep. the blacks are they are pitch black and that's yep. something you can only do with negative film uh and that's another thing i was going to comment on how dark it is and how yeah. well lit it is so i was going to pull up a thing right here i'll get into that i was gonna so, okay there was before you get into that um because like obviously and you're aware of this too i took like that photography class yeah and so like i'm very aware of negatives and like the whole especially because he grinded into our uh our minds that if there was like any form of white on the paper that you're developing it wrong i don't know yeah i, don't, I mean oh you missed out on that actually because you didn't end up no like, no you had I, to well, do I mean, digital dude i know film well yeah i know you know film, but... and a negative so if it's white then it's completely without any sort of light you know, light but at all. um when he was like when we were developing like if you had a black on your negative and then like you brought it in and developed it onto the piece of paper you couldn't have white like you had to try and get it to like a, a tonal gray that's just above he did not like white yeah anyway well, usually because it blends into the paper exposed yeah. exactly and it, yeah so um but what i was gonna say was there was a lot of times when i was watching this and i was just like wow like the lighting is really fucking good yeah, and especially can, can... with like how they developed like that film and stuff like that like yeah you definitely get like when they're in like a closed going down a hallway and stuff like that or like their interior and it's supposed to be black black like it is full black you can't it's no like like nowadays like you were just saying like digital black can sometimes just be like a really dark gray and you can kind of tell that but like 
this was black black and then like the like the when it was supposed to be like outside or like there was supposed to be like a lot of like tonals and like the grass and stuff that did really like overall like the lighting's really good that's about all i'm trying to get across it's like it really adds to the atmosphere but go ahead go ahead after i tell you this the lighting becomes even more impressive if you ask me so in this article uh, indie wire article it's just uh it's a cinematographer and director mm -hmm. they're talking and it said uh, kodak <laughs> makes a double x and tri x film so tri x mm -hmm. is a the reason they didn't use tracks is because it's 16 millimeter and they wanted to use 35. Mm -hmm. It would cost too much to transfer it to this basically would be doubling and it's just too much money. So they went with double X, which uh, I think maybe has a lower ISO or ASA in which they use for film, which is basically the same thing. So uh, let me just, uh, for our film, the kind of broken down look that double X was actually more suitable. Oh, this thing is part of multi. Uh, fuck. I thought I had this. Where is he talking about the ASA and shit? Okay, here it is. Yes, Kodak rates double X at a uh, 250 ASA, which you can again, it's ISO. Mm -hmm. So if you know 250, that's not very high. That's no. like you know the most in like still photography you usually shoot at is like 200. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so they were shooting at 250, and then uh, they had a custom filter that uh, they put on the front of it so when you see the detail in their faces apparently it's because of this custom filter they had made for the lens mm. but that also cuts a stop off of it which is a half it's half as much light as it was before oh my god so Holy then doing shit. that apparently the asa was around 160. it's incredible and then so i think they wanted to originally shoot with actual candlelight but that is impossible i'm telling you that's impossible to see anything if you're shooting at an, an asa of 160. yeah no the way only time natural candlelight has been used in, with film is stan like well is stanley kubrick's barry linden because he used a special lens that was used to take photographs in space because it opened the aperture opened wider than any lens possible like made to that point mm -hmm. so you could capture as most the most light possible so in barry linden Kubrick pulled it off. This movie, they could not do that. So their solution basically is all the all the candlelight and all the light sources you see are really like horrendously bright LED lights. Really, you know, like put in a candle holder. Yes. Oh my god. Like, black. Awesome. like if you're in person, it is blinding. I'm telling you, like, complete so much light. But also as a result of that, you know, the contrast between the shadows and like. The light is even greater mm -hmm. and with that you know high contrast film that they went for the blacks are blacker whites are probably close to the same but it really creates that super contrasty like look that this entire movie has mm -hmm. so on a technical level this is like a, a cinematography masterpiece if you ask me it's beautiful um mm -hmm. there's like a couple shots there's one where it goes it cranes up the entire lighthouse mm-hmm you know, they, they built an entire lighthouse, I think, just to do that shot. I think also they might have needed to build it to shoot directly down on them when they were um, drinking the kerosene in the lighthouse. Yeah. Like, directly from above. When they did the monkey uh, beat. Yes. <laughs> monkey pump. <laughs> monkey pump. And then they go, fucking freak out. But yeah, uh, so they built an entire lighthouse just for this. There's also uh, something I've just noticed uh, this this time watching um even though it is shot on film there is digital effects you know like uh some of them when he's smashing that seagull over like mm -hmm. when he's killing it 
all the blood splatter on that well is all digital effects. And I can yeah, I thought that. that. Yeah, I, I I was pretty certain of that. He beat yeah. the shit but, out of that seagull. Yeah. <laughs> so there's really no other way you could have done that is the thing. So, and it's not noticeable really if you're caught up in the moment. No, you know, maybe I mean, for us definitely with the black and white of film grain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, definitely with that. Like, it was definitely hard to piece out. But like, I I yeah. can kind of tell just because of like how it was splattering and stuff like yeah. that. But like, if you weren't looking for it, like, no way. Like, it'd be way. I, I like. Harder to see. I like that. Like, they're because basically what happens is that they shoot it on film, convert it into digital, and then they could do visual effects. Mm-hmm. The digital means, but we'll still really cool. That. Yeah, I think that that's something that I don't think enough filmmakers can. Well, a lot of film, a lot of big, you know, production companies don't even shoot on film anymore because it's way more mm-hmm. expensive than digital. So you don't see a lot of film. You know, unless they're like coming out of A24, you don't see a lot of film, actual film movies around just for that fact. Mm. Um, but I think that's a tool that, you know, has come around recently where you can add digital effects to film, like, you know, actual film, which is something that you could never do before. So I think using it in that way is uh, something I, I, I can't think off the top of my head, something I've seen before. I mean, besides, like, I guess technically, you know, when they're still using, like, blue screen and, like, the... I, I'm sure the original, like, the, the prequels for Star Wars are, like, shot on film still, probably, because that was, like, 90s. But I just think it's a good marriage, because, honestly, I think visual effects, to begin with, should always be small things, never big things, because mm-hmm. big things are very noticeable that they're fake. So something like a blood splatter like that, you know, is perfect to use that technique, because it's so small that... If anybody even notices, they're not going to care. It's like a whole character is fake and not there. What else can I talk about this movie? I mean, it's highly rated. This movie actually has some high ratings for something so, in my opinion, artsy. Yeah. Um, this is the type no, I gotta of... Say, when I'm it really was surprised. For the Oscars, it got snubbed for performances. Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe fucking killed it. Both of oh, them. Oh, they did. Neither of them got nominated. Uh, I think like man, Robert Pattinson just keeps getting better and better. You know, mm-hmm. oh, the acting is, is like, really good, one. and like the fact that the the uh one of the big things for me is like the voice acting, like the way in which uh not their only just their tonality great. but also yeah their accents. Like you felt like it was you know like the eighteen nineties sitting on this like island working like the lighthouse you know new england accents like i was like like especially robert pattinson's like uh, i think roland before has more like a sailor's accent i guess robert pattinson's is just like a straight up like new england accent and Mm -hmm. it is really good like you know us being from new england you know we would be able to tell Mm -hmm. uh, if it's not very well done i i was convinced all the way through that he had that accent Uh, no it's definitely really well done and like i said also their tonality like the moment Sometimes with movies, uh, especially, uh, and I'm going to bring up, like, blockbusters, because, like, you know, those aren't artsy movies usually. Um, like, the tendency acting with tonality that is, like, they end up, like, having high, like, levels of, like, you know, their levels peak at one point where, like, they get their, with their accent, they're, like, stronger. Like, they're aggravated or angry or something like that when you don't really feel the same expression on their face. And in this case, whenever they had that expression of, like, whatever they were feeling, you know, whether it was joyous happiness from being drunk or whether it was angry, like, 
the tonality in their voice and their shifts were like on par with their expressions and their like put forth like emotions if that makes sense i don't know if i explained that the best but basically like their acting was the way in which their voices could be portrayed by the viewer went along and worked really well with what was actually happening on screen visually in the form of their expressions right and that sometimes doesn't happen and i'm not saying that's because the you know and some other movies that i'm talking about in these retrospects are like they're bad actors it's just because sometimes that just doesn't happen naturally you know it it is very hard for an actor to match what they're saying to what they should be feeling right because that's all part of acting yeah but the the expressions were like spot on like i felt what they were feeling like i was like whoa especially when they Especially when he threw the shit overboard and it came back at him. <laughs> oh, man. I just sat there and went, oh, that's going to suck. And then he's like screaming. And I'm like, yeah, I feel, I feel like I'd feel the same way if I got shit yeah. back in my face. I also just want to draw attention to the writing. This was both written and directed by Robert Eggers. Mm-hmm. And what the way he wrote this script is he wrote it all in this old sailor-like talk. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Like... I, 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 he must have studied, like, I know he did, because he he's, he's, he's a history buff as far as I know. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely studied, like, how they talked, but to write a whole movie just, like, like that, and especially, like, a way that people talked so far in the past, like, you know, that's like 200 years ago, mm-hmm. people were talking like that. So I think it's pretty incredible. Uh, I gotta agree. That with it that. sounds so authentic. Like, I also really like um, whenever they, go on like long monologues it just feels like it go- fits really well with uh, the way uh it's presented like it makes sense that like when Willem Dafoe stands, stands up and goes arc like mm-hmm. it doesn't seem out of place it seems very dramatic and theatrical mm-hmm. maybe in a way that like in any other movie would be like over the top mm-hmm. but in this movie like with the sailor talk and the atmosphere and the mythology that they're always talking about like oh it's about to kill a gull talking about saint elmo like mm-hmm. this whole theatrical kind of like old way like old storytelling like completely works in the, oh it in does writing. so i think it's a you know a great example of something that's like you know it is over the top it's completely it's like you know watch almost any scene and they're just like going fucking nuts most of the time <laughs> but it's completely believable because of the way that it's presented and like set up and like the the choices of words too like you were talking like in terms of the script with like how it's written in like that old tongue but at the same time like it has these like you know i'm gonna use the layman's terms of like big words but it does like it like uses like you know good vocabulary to portray the same points even though it's written in this old tongue like this like you know sailor language like it's still like it portrays the same thing, but then they throw in these like massive vocabulary words that, you know, I mean, you could have said a different way, but like, it just adds to this, like, you know, historical feel to it because like, yeah. you know, like, uh, it's like, it's telling it like, they're telling this. It's the like, detail. yeah, it's like, they're telling like, so, they're reading something from like, uh, like a, you know, like a book written by like a sailor, but like, it's like mm-hmm. a story, you know, like they're trying to sell you on like this, like, you know this mythological god that is gonna like rain down hell upon you for like mm-hmm. you know for like killing someone like i think that's 
fascinating and amazing. And uh, another thing I want to bring up, because I definitely felt this multiple times, especially at the end. I know I said it out loud. There's some fucking awesome shots in this movie. Yes. Like, without people in it, too. Like, there was a... Composition is crazy. Yeah, the composition is amazing. Like, when he's saying, oh, you shouldn't have spilled your beans. Like, I know that's the one that I'm going to pick out. Because that's the one that, like, I literally spoke out loud. But there's a point where it, like, goes to start panning down, like, the long hallway with multiple windows. And, like, that shot... I don't know why I felt like it was so crazy. But I was like, that shot is so cool. And I think it was just because, like, as it's panning, it looks like the windows are, like, duplicating. Like, the hallway's getting longer and longer and longer. Even though, like, you you are aware that it's a long hallway because you've seen them walk down this hallway before. It just feels, like, immensely longer because of the angle they chose to shoot it at and then the way the pan and how slow it is and the speed. It just is, like... Okay, there's a window. Okay, the hallway's not over yet. There's another window. And, like, there are almost duplications of each other until finally it pans all the way. And then you see that there's, like, three or four windows down that hallway. There's the door at the end. But it's totally pitch black by that time, like, all the way down at the back. Like, it just adds this length to that hallway. And there's a lot of times where it does that. Like, it shoots down, like, something and just shows, like, the massive length of something, even if it isn't necessarily that big like obviously yeah, the lighthouse just, uh, for instance is big but like that's basically what you're talking about like it's just lens choice you mm-hmm. know if you use a wide angle lens on if you there's going to be appear to be more depth so when you're paying when they're like you know tracking down that hallway it seems really big because it's a very wide angle if you were to use like a, a shorter um it's like a, a no, longer i mean a longer lens it wouldn't really appear that way because mm-hmm. it would be more normalized but there's lens like that's the thing about film is that there will always be lens distortion um you know, it's never going to be completely unbiased so the lens distortion kind of gives that feeling of like this big long hallway which makes sense because he like you know uh, robert pattinson's trying to get to this light and that's on the pathway to it and it seems really far away you know mm-hmm. like uh, and he's got so, this guy screaming at him telling him he shouldn't have spilt his beans yeah but they're like one of my favorite shots in the whole thing happened really i think i said like in that scene um, like really early on, I forget why, but Willem Dafoe slaps Robert Pattinson oh, um, and he stands up mm-hmm. and it's like, it's a, it's a like sh- shot from a, a, a low angle up and you see this giant shadow behind Robert Pattinson after he slaps him. And then immediately Willem Dafoe is scared because he sees, oh my God, this guy has darkness in him. And he's like, never mind me. Don't like forget anything happened. Like, just like, we'll carry on mm-hmm. because, and that's like a beat, like that is kind of universally read like i i love that that is completely wordless like this whole interaction happened where he saw that robert pattinson was capable of like you know he's kind of like has this monster inside of him Mm -hmm. just through the way the shot was composed like no words had to be said it's i love it i think it was it was about killing the gull actually was why he slapped them because he says he why like um the guy Willem, Willem Dafoe goes, you know, like, oh, I saw you sparring with the gull. You shouldn't kill a gull or whatever. And he just says, you know, like, uh, another tall tale or something like that. And then Willem Dafoe slaps oh, yeah. him, right? But, like, you're right. Like, he totally stands up and then immediately there's just, like, that giant dark shadow that's just, like, And then also, as the reverse shot, Willem Dafoe is being shot from a higher angle, mm-hmm. looking down on him, looking to make him more powerless. And then he's, like, trembling, too, which is fucking yes. amazing acting. The language right of there. cinema. 
Yes, wow. it's so perfect. Like you just see him. He can't even like take a bite anymore. He's just like hand and like fork in hand and just like totally trembling like in fear because he's just so like scared now because he slapped someone that he saw so much like darkness into. Yeah, yeah like so like he's just he just realizes that like oh this guy could like kill me yeah <laughs> like that's exactly what happens there and you know then, like, I mean? again all of that whole realization happens without anything being said oh yeah there's nothing like oh you're like you're dark like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, any words. It's just, he yeah. just, the only words out of his mouth after he does that slap is, oh, don't mind me, sorry, like, don't mind me, son, or something The only like time that. in the movie where like, I feel what? like a character said something where I feel like it really didn't need to be said is when they get left there, and, like, it cuts them sitting, he's like, they didn't come. Yeah. Like, I, I like, kind of know that already. Well, why would they still be there if they came? Yeah. You don't really need to say it. But it's, and that is like the biggest nitpick I could possibly give for this movie. Like, even so much even though it was play. said, like the like the cinematography there with the camera and everything was okay because you have them sitting across from the table. I thought that was a really cool shot of them both sitting there and like it's like contemplating what to do next. So like in a way, I was kind of like, okay, you know, like whatever, right? But no, I I can agree with that. But again, yeah, like you said, big nitpick. Like, I don't I don't really. It was like okay, you know, like it wasn't something exactly. that like ruined it's such a it minor thing. It, it doesn't so, ruin like, the experience at all. No, right? it doesn't. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, like you said, didn't need to be said because like I actually knew when they were outside standing in the rain. Like I'm like, yeah, they're exactly. Just, they're not yeah. coming. Like, you could have just had a a thing of them sitting there and like they just like start to drink and then it cuts. I mm-hmm. think would be perfect, but. Uh, also, sound design like that horn that is mm-hmm. that haunting like siren. That yes, is the entire movie like nagging at um Robert Pattinson's character. Mm-hmm. Pretty great. And then there's like the the screaming. There's a lot storm. of screaming there with there's the uh, wind and storm yep. and very well done sound design. Literally the only times where it's not omniscient, uh, like sound design or something that like I felt was like really like dark or like foreboding was just like the sequel the sequel moments whenever you heard a sequel i was like okay they're like on the sea so like that makes sense you know but like i was like ah that, that's not like dark or foreboding but like the horn the screaming of like the sirens like the wind like the storminess all of that was like dark and again added to that like tonality of the suspense and like oh man just like scary <laughs> scary shit man <laughs> I mean, they also have the idea of just being stuck on an island. Yeah. Like, scary shit. Also, I like the fact that their rations that they pulled out was just, like, all alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, come out. I don't know if this is intentional, out, but... but in that scene where they're dancing, Willem Dafoe, he says he has a bum leg, and then he just starts dancing like a maniac. He starts, like, he's like, dance, Winslow, dance. Yes. And he's like, I can't tell whether it's on purpose that it's, like, he's supposed to look uninjured at that point because, like, who knows if he's even real or not. But I think that's a nice little touch, like, oh, maybe he's, like, faking the whole leg thing also, or, you know, it adds mm-hmm. a whole other little dimension of whether or not you... it's hard. See, like, even after watching the thing multiple times, you still are never sure exactly what happens. Like, no. It's impossible for that. It's very ambiguous. I and, still feel uh, like there's, like, this deep-seated thing. Like, I'm so certain, though. That like they're the same person. It's crazy because like I could honestly probably, write a yeah, list of probably you know safe what I mean? to assume. But that, like, like you know, true, yeah. Because even at the end, right? Like we look back on this like thing. 
now he goes and falls down the stairs and breaks his leg and now he's gonna have a bum leg well actually he's not because he got picked to shit by seagulls but like he's theoretically eternal torment yeah but like theoretically when before he went into eternal torment like he broke his leg right there like he heard the crack yeah. and everything and so it's safe to assume that that's like kind of like going back like like a flashback also, almost yeah, to the Will Defoe's of... bum leg you know you could also look at it as kind of being a loop, you know, because mm-hmm. when, you know, uh, sorry, Willem Dafoe is talking about his last hand, he describes how he went crazy the same exact way that, mm-hmm. like, Tom ends up going. So maybe it's happened before and it is a cycle like that. Like, and if it's Tom himself, does. then it's just eternal torment that way also. You know? Yeah, like, see, that's the way I look at it. It's like, it's yeah. just he's stuck in an endless loop of eternal torment. Where he's constantly, like, he just keeps on being the hand. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the the new guy, basically. But every single time, he's being trying to get changed, and he doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this idea that, like, he's almost, in a way, being given a second chance. But, like, he never does. He always just mm-hmm. ends up killing the gull, killing the man, and going insane. But like, yeah, and then like a lot of like obviously the more the more easier ones for me to pick out are like all those moments where he's just like, what what do you mean you did that, you know like where he's like, yeah. oh you you broke the the little dinghy like it wasn't me you and you just tried to run at me with an axe like I was like yeah. all right they're got to be the same person or like you you know you ate all the rations the rations are gone we have we've been here for like four weeks now or something and he's just like what. Like, I think, like, also just on top of, you know, story-wise, I think it's also just another way to keep the audience on their toes. Like, mm-hmm. what do you believe at this exactly. point? Exactly. Like, so, really good no, advice. Because I'm almost immediately, and this is just because maybe I'm more used to that kind of movie with this idea that, you know, there's someone imaginary taunting this, like, the real person, right? Like, I've seen a lot of movies do that. So, uh naturally as soon as i saw that he was holding a pipe that's probably when i initially was like okay maybe they might be the same person so then i started paying more attention to that and maybe that's why like i have this deep-seated like feeling that they really are um even towards the end and obviously like we've you've already brought up and we've brought up before is like it's definitely an avenue to go down but like Mm -hmm. um like i think that's where it like comes from for me is because like i've seen other movies like this that do this like do that kind of thing and so the moment i saw that like i was just like okay now i gotta watch out for all the ways in which they could be the same person however aside from that like there's so many other avenues that you could look at it from like you said like it could just be an endless loop of him instead of looking at it from perpetual torment and like this idea that like um you know Willem Dafoe is not real and he's just tormenting himself the entire time um mm-hmm. that in actuality Willem Dafoe is always there and then there's always this guy that comes in and goes insane and then breaks down and then dies mm-hmm. and in this case unfortunately Willem Dafoe uh is a part of the insanity and ends up getting killed in the insanity but um in the in this retrospect like um we have another person that dies basically you know another person in the loop and so now another hand will come and go insane and die yeah one thing that i'm kind of unsure about at least directly is there's a shot where 
they're on top like it it's kind of seems like a dream sequence almost where he's on top of the lighthouse and you see some, he, there's somebody tied up on the ground and then he like Robert Pattinson goes down to look at him and he sees it's himself and then he turns yeah. around and Willem Dafoe is naked and has light glowing from his yes. eyes it in a very specific way where it has to be a reference to some painting some mythological painting I have no idea what the painting is but there's no if you if you go and look at that frame it is so obviously like an old like probably sailors like painting because the way that like they're all they're posed is so painterly um i just don't know what it's referencing exactly i'm sure it has more to do with kind of like the mythology of prometheus and i think like protos and stuff like that even mentions prometheus i i realized this time and uh stuff like that so it's definitely it was definitely in the mind of robert eggers when he was writing it also just a, a little Side note, uh, same director as The Witch. Which one do you like better? Oh, have you seen The Witch? Yeah, 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 yeah. no, of course, I've seen yeah, The Witch. Okay. Um, that's hard. I really me, like The Witch. Movie, like, I really like The Witch, but this movie is like, I think this is like twice as good as The Witch, honestly. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I loved. I still like The Witch. It's just, it's like a, it's a lot simpler than this movie. I feel like this movie is way more ambitious than The Witch. So, like, I think the witch is a really solid, like kind of lower budget horror, like really, really good. And this is like, oh, now he has a budget and he can do all this crazy shit and do all the things he couldn't do before. And like, I just think it's a better movie because of that, personally. But I would understand if you said the you like the witch more. I kind of feel like probably more consumable for most people <laughs> i don't you know? i wouldn't say like that for me because like i really did enjoy I know, this, i'm like, not saying you specifically like, I mean, generally if you were to show, show somebody the witch in the lighthouse they're gonna be like the witch i i, I kind of got the lighthouse is like what <laughs> like you know mm -hmm. what i mean so yeah but what are you thinking uh well i think the witch for me uh i like a lot <sighs> See, it's hard to compare that because for me, like, I think both of them does do, like, an amazing job. So, like, I don't really have, I guess, a preference on that because The Witch for me would be a different movie than this one. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess on the topic of, like, if I was to sit down and be given a choice to watch The Witch or The Lighthouse after seeing them both. um, See, even that's, like, biased because I, I would probably say The Witch, but that's just because I just saw The Lighthouse right now. And, like... Like I haven't seen The Witch in a while, so I'd probably want to rewatch The Witch. But if I had seen I, them both on the same time, it, yeah, I rewatched it recently, uh, The Witch, mm -hmm. and oh yeah, I also when I was looking for stuff about this movie, uh, apparently they wanted to shoot The Witch on black and white film, but didn't have the budget to. So again, like that kind of my point that I like The Lighthouse because it is now Robert Egg Eggers unleashed. He 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 now has all the to tools to make whatever the fuck he wants. And that's like perfect, uh, but the witch is like a, a fantastic. I think, you know, even putting it as like a low, saying a low budget film seems like harsh because it really is an amazing horror movie that mm -hmm. uh, I think kind of kicked off some, a little bit of this re re renaissance of like kind of I don't want to call it smart horror, but because that seems kind of pretentious, but I don't know what to call it. Where uh, like you know, Hereditary, Midsummer, you know, things like that. This kind of uh, you know, more nuanced type of horror rather than like jump scares or slasher movies. I feel like the witch had like a big part in kind of 
starting this re renaissance. So, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to the witch. Oh, you found it! What is I that? I did. I had to blur, I was trying to blur out the dick, because it's actually okay. nude, but, uh, yes, yeah, so, this is actually, uh, hang on, let me make sure that, because I can pull up the name, but I gotta make sure that I, uh, do this properly so I don't get, uh, fucking destroyed by Twitch, because apparently it's bad to show nudity on Twitch if it's not in a- You already, you just showed it, by the way. Did it's I? already up. Yeah. No, I showed the picture. Oh. I'm gonna show the name of the artist and everything. Oh. So I'm pulling that up, but I had the picture still up on what is Google, this so I the paintings of? Yeah, so it's called Hypnosis. Okay. Um, and it's made by Sashka Schneider. And what year was it? Did it say? When was this done? Nineteen oh four. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And basically. Is there any writing about this other than Wikipedia? There has to Here, be. I can, uh... You link it to me? Is that gonna pull it up? Oh, that did pull it up. Or it did, but not what Maybe I Maybe this is a rendition of a different painting. Because, you know, that happens throughout history. Uh, this is... Apparently, according to Google, when I was researching it, this is the original. Oh, that is? Yeah, so I'm this really surprised is... I'm surprised that it said 1900s. I feel like it would be an earlier painting than that. Me trying to find out when, uh... What is this for? Oh, is it because the picture is in there? Yeah, I and think it's it a W. The dick. The, the piece of art was a direct inspiration for the scene. Um, I Are can't talking about see. the lighthouse. Yeah, I, so I, that's I where wanna, I found yeah. it, but. I just want to know what the painting's supposed to be of, because then I can tell us about the movie. I guess it's just a painting. There has to be, it has to be of something, you'd think. Not really. I mean, according to, like, how he designs his paintings, they said that he just uh, did a oh, lot these of... these all the same guy, by the way? Yeah, all these are the these same These are amazing. Guy. Wow. What's this guy's name? Uh, Sashka Schneider. I can, here, I'll link you the uh, actual link, link for me. this. That's some amazing artwork. I love that shit. I'll just put it in here in general for you. So, yeah, apparently, according to Wikipedia, when I was reading the Wikipedia, um, he was basically just... just known for doing art that uh, was big into, like, nudity and understanding of dark and light. And this, like... Uh... Where was it? I don't even see it. Apparently, he suffered from... A diabetic seizure during a sip voyage. During a oh, ooh, what? He died on a ship. He did. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> see, I bet you that has something, some sort of connection. And there. obviously, in pop culture. So this is it because it's right here. So Schneider's painting "Hypnosis" uh, in the gallery below inspired a key shot in the Robert Eggers film "The Lighthouse." He must have just saw it and was like, "That looks cool." Yeah. But that means there has to still be meaning behind it. So I wanted... I, again, I think it's just more of that Will Defoe's character is just casting judgment. Like, he, he, he views through the lighthouse, like, basically. He's judgmenting, like... Because even at the end... I, I, again, I, I'm all on board for this idea that he's being judged the entire time. Because even at the end, he gets rejected, you know. 
like, oh, is he seem worthy to be in the lighthouse and he gets thrown away? Mm-hmm. So I think it's all about judgment and maybe moral judgment, I would have to say. If you were to put it I like the fact that it's called hypno- hypnoticism. Yeah, hypno- See, that makes me think of, like, gnosis. I mean, he's gnosis. kind of obsessed with the lighthouse. Is that maybe a connection? Like, because he almost hypnotized by it? The mm-hmm. light? Maybe. Also, well, the light well, is, accept... And the light also represents knowledge. At, uh, to... Just generally. On the side of works of artists like paper soon after. He accepted homoeroticism, but not homosexuals. Explaining the exhibit press release, he was forced to resign from his prestigious Italy. And these paintings are amazing, though, or these drawings or whatever they are. They remind me of really kind of. An older style, like that kind of mythological, maybe, you know, Greek artwork, mm. like almost statuesque. That's what I was thinking. These, like they're really these weird, like kind of twists on it. Mm-hmm. Like Dante's Inferno type, like, you know, those depictions of hell, but maybe even like darker. They were always done in charcoal oil, too. Damn, I don't know, understand. How like you use I tried using charcoal one burn. time and I'm like, how do you draw anything with this oh it's super fun i love charcoal <laughs> i don't understand you'd have to teach me how to do it because the my professor did not so i was completely just lost on what it even he just gave me a piece of charcoal and she's like draw something look at this fan art and... what oh let me see your stream damn that's pretty cool and black and white is so beautiful it really is. It does so because for this movie. Once you, I mean, I love color. Also, I think color is a beautiful thing. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I don't like color, but black and white, at least in like film and photography, it all it does is accentuate light, and light is like the foundation of film. And I just think it's beautiful in that way. That it's just almost like pure light if you think about it. There's a, there's a it's a spectrum of light, and that's it. No. Mm-hmm sort of different rays that are being captured i guess also i think it, i'm just biased because i'm a film nerd and film history is in black and white and you know i grew up watching great filmmakers film in black and white and use film so yeah probably just biased also but i i just have a big appreciation for the use of darkness and i think that's another reason why just in filmmaking in general why light and dark is always or i mean i guess in storytelling it's also been a through line too but light and dark like you know motifs in film have always been a thing because you can always show that through a a camera light and dark Mm -hmm. even just like you know simple lighting techniques where you top light a villain because then they have big shadows under their eyes and they look menacing there's a side by side side by side yeah i'm just spouting about light <laughs> no, you're fine. No. I'm talking about how much I like light. That's a film nerd thing to do. Okay, I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that. That's the side by side. I was looking at pictures now, like on Google from like the thing. It's incredible. There's a. There's obviously the sequel we had talked about with no eye or one eye. So yeah, I'm you know what's funny on side. on a twenty four, you they have free pro posters you can print out, and that's the poster. If you go to A24's website and then go oh, to, really? I think it's like, yeah. Now, what was, all right, so, in your opinion, what was the point of the, um, the mermaid? 
Like, what? what is the point of the sirens? Again, there's kind of, like, sexual temptation, I think. Is that really it? Or that, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, like, there's that, that whole scene where he's, like, obviously I think having it, sex with the mermaid. Yeah, it's just impulse. Like, it's to show that he can't control himself. Mm-hmm. He kills, he, he murders out of impulse. He, he jacks off in a shed out of impulse. He's very impulsive. And I think that just, like, that whole mermaid thing adds to that. Uh that specifically it's just the sexuality part of it mm-hmm. i wonder Even, what um like the witch would look like in black and white i kind of want to like get the witch imagine. and then turn it into black and white and then rewatch it you know it's funny i know you haven't seen parasite but parasite when they were did the criterion release they the bong joon ho created a black and white version of parasite is it better than the like color? A modern movie i've heard it's not oh. but for specific reasons because it's kind of weird to shoot a movie with color in mind and then take it away mm-hmm. you know when you're doing that you kind of have to know what you're getting mm-hmm. so to just be like oh yeah i'm sure it's bong joon ho and he's a genius but i'm sure no matter how hard you try to make it seem like it was meant to be that way there's things that won't mm-hmm yeah i guess that's a fair point because obviously when you shoot with color involved you're you have that idea of well, like what this is going to look like in color and how you need to and light color it for the color light also right? so like if somebody's they could be wearing like a red top and like completely different colored pants that gives off this vibe like oh this is what this character is about mm-hmm. but then it kind of looks like the same shade of gray in black and white and then mm-hmm. you're like oh what am i supposed to do these are two different colors and now it looks weird because it's like you know there's no color different difference so you know things like that so i can't feel like i'm saying so a lot because <laughs> i'm trying to go to the next idea in my head and it's not coming i might be out maybe that's it you're out of what ideas <laughs> to talk about yeah get me going on something say something about this movie what else did you think of it anything else um let's see uh i mean there's so much honestly to be honest, like there's so many little things. Could, that uh, I, was like, wow. I wish we could scrub back through it and like look at certain shots. Oh, I know. The way that works doesn't work like that, right? No, and also, uh, I can't like pull it up either because it would be like TOS. Yeah, I know. Although, that sucks. The nudity that I've shown on stream might be TOS too, so I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know how this stuff works at this point. <laughs> it's mean, like it's okay if you're playing that. the game Cyberpunk. It's okay if you watch the movie through the watch thing. But if I'm actually just doing like a just chatting, is it okay if I pull up an image? That's a painting of nudity. I don't know. I feel like that's something I could probably dispute. But I feel like as long as it's tasteful, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, like just sitting on it and just like, yeah, guys, let's look at this for a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. There is something I'm trying to think. I love the the omniscient, like not the omniscient, but like the the callback, which you don't know like right away the first scene that you see. But, like, when he first is out in the water, like, you see him walking out into the water and there's all those logs. Like, that's, like, obviously a callback or, like, a foreshadowing, I guess. It wouldn't really be a callback. It would be a callback for him, but a foreshadowing for you as a viewer. Because you're, like, foreshadowing what it you don't know yet, which is he's going to eventually tell you, basically, spill the beans. And tell you that he basically killed someone. And they died in the logs, right? Like... So I think that's interesting. Is this idea that like that's kind of like a callback to that? I don't really know. Oh, we lost James. PC blue screened. 
unfortunate. But yeah. Um by the way guys, while he's while he's uh restarting here, I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda talk about some stuff real quick. So uh obviously this was the lighthouse um made in 2019, I wanna say. Should All be right. 2019. So uh you know, I think it was awesome. I think the watch party worked really well and everything went well there. Yes, we have to I'll have to find what are the gems we can find on uh amazon yeah i gotta free. see if, if we rent like can i watch it because that'd be an interesting thing because if i can rent that, then that, that opens be, everything that would open up, up so many oh it really would do that you know i could go crazy with shit like that oh yeah but i think there's a cool <laughs> way to do it because like honestly i think uh i think it was an enjoyable experiment or well it was an experiment experience oh, yeah. wheeled on meals say, with jackie chan watch a jackie chan movie I'd love to do that. We could totally get Tommy in here for that. We'd have like a, a re relook at the fighting scenes. They have the fog. I've never seen the fog. That's New one or the old one? Uh, 1980. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a good one. New, is there a new one? Now that's one that I've seen and you haven't. Yeah, there is a new. Yeah, that's John Carpenter. The fog. I haven't seen it yet. When is see. the new? When was the new one come out? Um, Rick is on here. Brick's a great movie. 2005 is the new one. Oh, I've ne yeah, I've never even heard of that one. And it's directed by Rupert Wainwright, based on John yeah. Carpenter. I'm sure it was not as good. Ooh, oh, this movie costs money. I was about to say I wanted to see this. Um, Wellings. Yeah, uh, it rated four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. One star. <laughs> wow, that's real low, even for. Rotten Tomatoes standard. That's what I mean. Like that's really. Ooh, there's a documentary I've heard. I know nothing about it besides. What about the original Fog? The original Fog. Uh, you know, in retrospect, uh, the original Fog on Rotten Tomatoes is seventy-five percent four star in comparison to the four yeah. percent one star. <laughs> Don't remake John Carpenter movies, please. Yeah, no, leave them the way they are. I gotta say, uh, personally, The Fog is, uh, I like it. I think it's a good movie. Um, if you want to stick with horror movies, have you seen Suspiria, by the way? No. Suspiria, the new Suspiria. I am not even talking. 2018 Suspiria is fucking amazing. And that's also on Prime. I'd love to do, like, a new movie, one that, like, you and me haven't seen, too. That'd be really cool. Yeah, see, the, the thing is, like, movie I haven't seen. Oh, Under the Silver Lake! That's one on Prime I haven't seen and I've been meaning to because this is the same director of It Follows. Oh really? Oh maybe. And I it, it had a theatrical release, and it didn't mm -hmm. release anywhere around here, so I never got to see it. But now it's on Prime. Are hey. we? Uh, do you have any last remarks about the lighthouse? The lighthouse. If you didn't just watch it with us, then go watch it. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Worth it, unless you really are adverse to weird films. If you, you'll know. If you, if you don't like artsy, like, psychological horror movies, that it's probably not something you're going to be interested in. I'm just trying to think uh, of it like how my mom would would say about this. Like, yeah, if you don't like a, it's it's a weird movie. It's definitely out like there. That, don't watch it. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's you hard know. to follow, though. Honestly, like, there's definitely movies that I've watched that are harder to follow than this. But it's like, definitely, like, outlandish in a way. Was it really hard to follow a movie, huh, in your opinion? Eraserhead. <laughs> 
You never <laughs> saw the whole thing. Uh, it was hard to follow from the start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. It does make sense if you watch it, but... It does. Uh, actually, I could probably rewatch it now, knowing the premise, and actually maybe enjoy it. Yeah, because I told you what it was about. Yeah, right? but going into that one in comparison to this one, like, this one, right off the bat, like, I was like, okay, yeah. I kind of can see where this might be leading. It, I think it, like, it's not so weird that you're completely thrown off. Like, Eraserhead is so out there. That oh, it's super be, like, fucking out there. Yeah, so, no, I would agree. It's, pro- it's not as hard to follow as Eraserhead. Is there another movie? I'm just curious. Is there another movie that you have? Ooh. Or is that, like, your That's harder movie? to follow? Or just like a hard to follow movie in general, like in your opinion. I don't like know. Inception. People like to think Inception. I don't think Inception's that hard to follow. Do you? I think the first time there was like a couple things I was confused about, but like generally I understood what was. Yeah, happening. maybe I've just seen it too many times. I've watched Inception, yeah. believe it or not, like seven times probably. What? Wow. Yeah, in total, a lot of movies wow. that I think are really good, like I'll watch over and over By again. By the way, especially we need to watch Tenet. I haven't seen Tenet yet. I need to see, okay, so as soon as, if we can rent, and as soon as it's available for rent, we will probably try and review uh, Little Things with Rami Malek. And oh, okay. It's on, I think it's that on would HBO be Max. I don't have I don't HBO know, Max. I, I do, but I don't know how we would We can't do that, do that through uh, Amazon Prime, yeah. yeah. For watch parties, yeah. I don't think. So we have to wait till it's rentable or comes out on Amazon Prime. Yeah, my mom watched it, I guess. Oh, did she? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know if it's any good. I don't. I want to go into that one knowing like absolutely nothing because I'm hoping yeah, for the best with Rami Malek, it. but yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't even watch the whole trailer. I just kind of saw the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. So Rami that will, that'll Malek. probably be one. But like I I think that would be a fun way to do like newer movies that are coming out is to like review them here because I think that'd be fun yeah. to do it on podcasts. So we can kind of yeah. do like a movie review podcast and then when there's no movies coming out because COVID, um. We'll uh, do our usual where we come up with a topic and we'll kind of fill in with those. What we do, topic, fill-ins, or we just talk about, you know, whatever we feel like talking about. Rambling on. Junk box. It's the junk box. I just, I, again, I rambled about filmmaking, like, for that whole review, so. Hey, I mean, that's fine, though. The thing with, like, this review topic. is, like, <laughs> yeah, it was, like... So, I mean, ultimately, guys, all right, here's the review. You want to know the down and dirty review? We <laughs> now, both... Here it is. All the stuff before this, don't even believe Yeah, you know, right like, now? right now. We made you listen to the whole podcast just so you could get to this <laughs> moment, though. Like, instead of telling you at the beginning, so you could have been like, all right, now I know, like, I could go watch this. No, no, no. We made you wait and muddle through everything else to get to this point. But I think the the down and dirty truth of this movie is that we think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we both yeah, can agree that it's a really good movie. And if you're into those sort of artsy thriller horror movies, or just artsy in general, where it's like abstract thought being portrayed kind of in this like uh, mythological manner and manifestation, this is definitely something that would be right up your alley. Um, it's not crazy, crazy, crazy complex. But it's complex enough that I feel like it would probably be off-putting for people that uh, have a hard time with something like um, following Fight Club or following, like, Inception. Like, if you really have a hard time with those, and I'm not saying, like, a couple hiccups here and there where you're like, oh, I didn't, like, understand where they went from there. um, You probably won't be able to hang on to this one. Um, Or if you, like I said, you just don't like artsy movies. Like, if that's not something, if you like to just be able to sit back and enjoy a movie 
um, and not have to really pay attention, brain off kind of movie watching, this is not your type of movie. Yeah, I would say, like, if you watch the trailer for this and you're like, no, then that you, you won't like it. So Yeah, you've it's, answered your It's one of those movies it's easy to tell if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I saw the trailer. Well, I mean, again, another, a bunch of other biases. Actors I like, director I like. You know, obviously that's so excited. But looking at it, I would have been excited regardless because it looks really rad. Yeah. Um, but so. also, hopefully you didn't listen to this whole podcast and not watch the movie and we spoiled the shit out of it. So That's true, too. <laughs> I'm hoping that you watch. Hopefully it. you got to enjoy uh, the movie and then you watch the podcast. So. Yes, because that would make me hurt if I found out that somebody had listened to this entire thing got it spoiled and then watched it for the first time i think i might i didn't even watch the trailer before tonight to be honest i just let it run i was waiting yeah. for this night so i was just like you know what we're gonna watch it i want to go into it knowing nothing i do that a lot though like the trailer really doesn't give much away you're like, like i gotta say it's not one that will like spoil things mm-hmm. so you can if you want to see what the film is like then i would say go watch the trailer yeah for sure but i think uh i think unless you have anything else to say corny before um, I do. All right. So uh, I think we'll wrap up here. This is episode six of the junk box. Um, next week we'll most likely be doing another one unless we decide to randomly do apex. Uh, uh, so that should be seventh episode. Um, maybe we'll do another watch party. I don't really know. So, uh, but plan for episode seven next week. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, remember you can see us on Spotify or on YouTube. If you want to see the visual version, uh, the visual version is just me with a camera and Corny's profile pic looking at you guys. So, I mean, it's not like vivid visuals, and especially for something like this, like, your best visual is to go watch the movie before watching this. So, um, uh, luckily, you don't, you don't, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you didn't really miss much visually, um, besides maybe the picture. So, other than that, but you can look that up. Yeah, and I, I definitely gave the name and everything. So other than that, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys so much for coming by, hanging out. Uh, I know we, me and Corny both appreciate it. Um, and we'll see you guys in the next junk box. Peace out, guys.